This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast, episode 122 for this Friday, the 24th of February. Brought to you by Tipperary ETB, don't forget to pop along to their Clonmel Campus Open Day at the Main Guard. It's on this date week, next Friday, the 3rd of March from 10am to 2pm, where you can find out about full and part-time courses right here in Clonmel. And I'll have some more information on this on today's podcast. So how was your week? Hope it went well. Did you get your fill of the pancakes on Shrove Tuesday or as we like to call it, St. Pancake Day? Yeah, I know I did. Someone had on TikTok, did you see this? The Tato pancake. It was kind of like pancake spread with Nutella and then someone sprinkled some Tato's over the top. Or, of course, as I keep saying, you could use O'Donnell crisps instead. It looked quite nice, actually. So I hope your week went well. We see Minister of Housing Dara O'Brien was in town to officially open the Civic Plaza and also three housing estates. What well on to Clonmel Celtic, they're back on top of the Youth League after beating Banshell last weekend. And what about that game at Kilsheelan, where Kilsheelan United hammered Killinall 8-2 in the Credit Union League Division 3. That is a game and a half. A walker had to be rescued this week by Clonmel Bay Southeastern Mountain Rescue after getting into difficulty up the Cumbras. I think fog or mist came down. Clonmel is to host the All-Island Community Council Awards at Hotel Manila in April. It's the first time they've been outside Dublin. Congratulations to Red Herring at the Poppy Fields, who won Heater of the Year at the Irish Takeaway Awards. You see, now I want to try one of Red Herring's award-winning pizzas. Congratulations, too, to Rennie Abraham from United Cricket Clonmel, who's appointed Peace Commissioner this week, and I'll be chatting to Rennie about this on the podcast very, very soon. And here we go again. The traffic lights in Casher Street are causing traffic problems once again. Apparently, they're stuck on red for ages and then turning green for, like, a few seconds. So hopefully Tipperary County Council will come along and sort this out. I believe the traffic was going back past Moyner Hands Bar. Yeah, back there, around Upper Gladstone Street as well. So, yeah, don't you hate when traffic lights do that? So what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, I chat to Joe Fruit. Great interview from Joe. That's on the way. News on the new venue for the Clonmel Repair Cafe and the new toy library. A benefit night comes to the Clonmel Greyhound track. And you know what? So much more going on on today's Clonmel podcast. And thank you for tuning in. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, Sarah Darcy is holding a brew for Bumbleance Coffee Morning. And I'm in up with Sarah to get all the details for you. Sarah Darcy, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for welcoming me on. And Rocco the dog. Hi, Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, you're holding a coffee morning uh, for Bumbleance. Tell us more, firstly, about Bumbleance. Yeah, so Bumbleance was, um, they were launched originally on Friday, the, on the 6th of October, September in 2013. And it's owned by a foundation called the Sertia Foundation. And it's basically a modern ambulance service. Um, it's an interactive ambulance designed specifically for children with the capacity to operate it with medical equipment and communication systems. Um, but they do have an awful lot of equipment on it to make a journey for a child very entertaining and relaxing. So they have an, an, a 19-inch LED TV on it, a PlayStation. They have Netflix, Beat headphones, music, you name it. Um, 
they have a Wi-Fi on board for the children. And basically what Bumblins do is they operate trips for pre and post-surgical appointments, inter-hospital transfers, respite hospice trips, uh, scheduled trips, chemo trips, transplants and critical care and angel trips which is a trip where maybe a child is maybe going home for their last few hours or days. Um, it's all charity run. The the people who drive it are qualified medical. They could be maybe mm. former paramedics or they're all qualified. So, But it just makes the, the journey for a child who needs the service that bit more relaxing and maybe less overwhelming than a normal ambulance situation. It's a great service, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it's You mentioned what's on board there as well, you know? Yeah. Um, we actually, my, my own family were touched by it a few years ago. I mm. have a nephew with special needs. And after he came out of a major surgery, they, there's no transport available for him to come home. And it looked like the only option was to take him home on public transport, which nobody would have an issue with that. But he was post-surgery, high-risk infection, and really just unwell and in pain himself. And we were at our wits end about how we were going to get him back from Dublin. Oh. And we contacted Bumbleance and they said, yeah, no problem, we'll be there. And they it, took him from Dublin back to his home in Clamell. He was living in Clamell at the time. And he just enjoyed the journey so much. The staff were amazing. He still talks about what the ambulance was oh. like. And even when they got back here, they left his little sister sitting and she yes. was able to see it. And oh, it was wow. just a really nice, relaxing environment for him to be able to come home in. So you're raising funds for Bumbleance with the Coffee Morning. Tell us about that. Yes, I am. So on Friday, the 3rd of March, um, from 10 o'clock till approximately 12 o'clock, but people can stay on as long as they want, um, I'm hosting a coffee morning in my house, mm. and that's in Rockfield, Glen Connor, number 35. So anybody who'd like to come along in the morning, there'll be tea, coffee, there's some really nice treats being baked Ooh. for it as well, yeah. I've under the gorgeous heart there's going to be a lemon drizzle cake so I'm hoping not I'm the lemon drizzle cake <laughs> oh my god I'm hoping I won't be left to eat at all so anybody who'd like to come along in the morning everybody's more than welcome the more the merrier come along have a chat meet other people and there'll be a donation bucket on the morning if people would like to make a donation and I'm also running a raffle as part of it and I've, I've received some amazing very generous prizes from various businesses people who've just contributed themselves i had a lady jackie dropped in a hamper that she made up yesterday as part of it jewelry just that there's so many prizes i'd say everybody will end up winning something but if anybody who can come along and would like to donate towards the charity um or purchase tickets for the raffle i have revolute and my revolute name it's sadie one so s-a-d-i-e one and I'd love for as many people as possible, the more money we raise, the better, because they kind of have two targets they like to aim for. 250 euro will fill a tank of diesel for the ambulance and 400 euro actually pays for an angel trip. So the more funds we can raise, absolutely the better. OK, what time is it all starting? 10 a.m. on Friday. The, and you'll actually see it um, Friday, 3rd of March at 10 o'clock. And I can give my, my contact details maybe to yourselves. And if anybody wants to get in touch and get the address or the details, you can mm. you can absolutely get them from the Clamel podcast. And also follow you on social media. 
Yes, absolutely. And you'll see a lot about it on because it's going to be a nationwide initiative. Brew for Bumbleance is the initiative they're running this year to try and encourage people to hold a coffee morning and raise funds. So I'll be taking a lot of pictures on the day and they'll be encouraging everybody to kind of, you know, put up the hashtag Brew for Bumbleance and, you know, we'll be able to put up pictures from the day and everybody that's come out. Um, So you'll probably start to see a lot of that over social media from the 1st of March on, but mine will be held on the 3rd of March. 3rd of March is a place to be. And uh, will Rocco be there? Oh, he'll be there, tormenting everybody, yes. <laughs> Probably eating cake. <laughs> All right, Sarah, the very best of luck at the coffee morning. Brew for Bumbleance, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Now, the Toy Library, in conjunction with the Clonmel Repair Cafe, will be held at a brand new venue. It's the old Dennis Lacey Hall in Anglesey Street by Zero Waste Marketplace. It's on the last Saturday of every month from 11.30am to 1.30pm. I love this idea, so I want to pop along to find out lots more there. The Bellevue Academy presents a spring sing-along vocal showcase at the Showground Shopping Centre tomorrow. That's the 25th of February. There'll also be a special performance from the cast of Greece. The show starts at 1pm and it's in aid of the UNICEF Turkey Syrian Earthquake Appeal. The Irish Cancer Society's Clonmel Daffodil Day launch will take place with a vintage tea morning in a place for you on Thursday the 2nd of March from 10.30am to 12.30pm and all are welcome to attend there. By the way, check out the latest newsletter from Let's Get Clonmel Talking. Lots of useful information on there. And you'll find it on the Clonmel, a town we call home Facebook page. Love that idea as well. And well done, Thomas Ryan. And thank you for the mention as well. The Clonmel Greyhound Stadium are holding a benefit night and a monster raffle on Sunday, the 19th of March. Now, doors open at 2 p.m. Lots of details here. So what I'll do is direct you to their Facebook page. Go to the Clonmel Greyhound Stadium Facebook page to get all the details on this benefit night. Clonmel World Music have another big night of music at Raheen House with three acclaimed Americana and country folk artists, J.P. Harris, John R. Miller and Chloe Edmondstone. It's on Thursday, the 2nd of March. Doors open at 7pm. Music starts at 8 and tickets are available from clonmelworldmusic.com. Japanese healing sessions are coming to Sacred Senses in Mitchell Street tomorrow, Saturday. It's on from 11am to 4pm, but booking is advised. The fee is by donation and get more details on the Sacred Senses Facebook page. Now, we mentioned this on the podcast before, and I think we need to mention it once again because it is local as well. Just be aware of a fraudulent text message saying it's from Clonmel Credit Union asking you to click on a link after the message saying that your account has been placed on hold. Please don't do this. It's not from the credit union. It's a scam. And Clonmel Credit Union have asked us to mention that they will never ask you to click on a link and provide personal information. If unsure, you can contact them on this number, 052612292, and they'll be glad to talk to you. The next St. Vincent de Paul furniture sale will happen on Friday, the 3rd of March at 10am at Mulcahy House. Why not grab yourself a bargain there? Artist Jacqueline Gartland has a new block of painting classes starting next week. They're on Tuesday, that's the 28th, at Hillview from 10.30am to 1pm and Thursday at 1.30pm to 4pm, also at Hillview Sports Club. Price is €120. Euros. For more, email Jacqueline Gartland at aircom.net. 
Tomorrow, Saturday, is Antasca's National Spring Cleaning Day, and Clonmel Tidy Towns, who do such amazing work here in Clonmel, will be at Mulcahy Park at 10.30am, just in case you fancy popping along and maybe giving them a hand. The Clonmel Rugby Club Split the Bucket draw will take place this coming Sunday at Harney's Final Furlong in Clarehan. That's at 8pm, so good luck there if you're in the draw. Tipperary ETB are holding a Clonmel Campus Open Day next Friday, the 3rd of March at the Main Guard. It's on from 10am to 2pm. So much going on on the day, including information from CTI Clonmel, Tipperary ETB Barracks Campus, National Learning Network, Clonmel Community Training Centre, adult literacy, apprenticeships, training courses, and so much more. Well worth popping along. That's at the Main Guard next Friday from 10am to 2pm. And I'll see you there. Strictly Come Dancing and Adolph South Tipperary Hospice is coming to Hotel Manila on Friday the 31st of March at 7.30pm. This is set to be a great night. Tickets are €30 and available from Hotel Manila, Lloyd's Pharmacy Oakville Shopping Centre and Eldon's Off Licence. And I'll have more on this with Gronia Vaughan on next week's podcast. Bella Voce Choir are holding a table quiz and raffle at The Coachman on Thursday the 9th of March at 8.30pm and a table of four is €20. The Clonmel Junction Arts Festival are casting for their brand new exciting project. So whether you're a dancer, performer or just love music, they would like to hear from you. And the great thing is, it's also a paid gig. We like that. This is happening in July. Get all the details, including how you can apply on www.junctionfestival.com. Social dancing comes to the Feathered Ballroom on Sunday the 26th of Feb with the Michael Collins Band. It starts at 8.30pm, goes on till about 11.30pm. Admission is just €10 and you get tea and cake. All are welcome to attend there. A table quiz and aid of St Vincent de Paul is coming to Moynihan's Bar on Thursday the 9th of March at 8.30pm. Table of four is €20. Now, how do you fancy winning a thousand euros? It'll be nice, wouldn't it? Well, you can with bingo at Hillview Sports Club. It's on every single Monday night. That's right, that jackpot stands at a thousand euros. Prize money is two grand. You get tea and coffee at half time as well, and it all gets underway at 8 p.m. And by the way, the split the bucket draw continues at Hillview Sports Club. So have a great night there. Staying with Hillview, they're having their end of Easter holidays family event on Saturday the 15th and Sunday the 16th of April. Lots going on here including bouncy castles. Let's be honest about it. Adults, we love. Don't we? We love a bouncy castle, especially after a few drinks and that. But not in this case. It's for the kids. There's also music and entertainment and giant games. Tickets are just €10, Euros, which includes a free popcorn, slush puppy or candy floss and are available from www.electricpartyrentals.ie slash events. You know that when the kids go home, the adults are straight on that bouncy castle. You can't blame them. A charity gig in aid of Seesaw and the South Tipperary Autism Support Group is coming to the Talbot Hotel on Friday the 10th of March featuring the Way Hayes, the Pearly Whites and Super Soul Machine. Tickets are just €15 from hotel reception and finger food will also be served. A careers fair is coming to the Talbot Hotel on Tuesday the 28th of February from 10am to 1pm. Whether you're a job seeker, employer, offering jobs, this is for you. For more details, you can email kate.murphy at welfare.ie. The Kilsheelan 10 Mile Road Race takes place on St Patrick's Day, that's March 17th at 10am. €1,000 in prize money to be won. Online registration is now open. For more, go to Kilsheelan 10 Mile Run Facebook page. 
Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, if you fancy taking part in this year's parade in town on the 17th of March, you can register online at www.countytipperarychamber.com and just go to the News and Events section. And registration closes on Monday the 6th of March. Seesaw at 24 William Street have their drop-in listening support service and telephone service every Monday and Thursday from 6.30pm to 7.30pm. If you can't call in for a chat, they will gladly talk to you on the phone during this time. The number is 52 The Clummel Podcast Job Spot. Now, jobs this week, what have we got? Well, Hickey's Bakery at the Westgate are looking for someone to work Saturdays and cover holiday work. You can drop your CV into the bakery there if you're interested and maybe grab yourself a sticky bun and some delicious grinder bread. The Junction Cafe are looking for experienced full-time waiting staff to join them. It's a four-day week, no night work. If this sounds pretty good to you, you can send your CV to junctioncafe18 at gmail.com. That's junctioncafe18 at 18 at gmail.com. Penny's in town are looking for a team manager. Just drop in your CV to the shop there. A sales assistant is wanted at Super Netto Supermarket in Irish Town. Once again, just drop in your CV to them. Kevin O'Leary Motors are looking to hire an after-sales manager and senior after-sales advisor. You can email your CV to hr at kevinoleary.ie. Grooms are required at Ballydoyle Racing just out the road in Rose Green. Excellent terms and conditions, plus lots more. Email Aidan O'Brien at ballydoyleracing.com for more. The Clonmel Oil Service Station on the Waterford Road are looking for a shop forecourt assistant. It's part-time, you must be over 18 and available to work weekday evenings and some weekends. You can apply at clonmeloilss at gmail.com. The Style Bar at the Showgrounds Shopping Centre are recruiting. They're looking for new senior and junior stylists. Apply in confidence by emailing stylebarpl at gmail.com. Fetch Coffee down the quay near the Clom Alarms are hiring. You can send your CV to info at fetchcoffee.ie. Aldi are looking for staff. AldiRecruitment.ie has all the details there for you. Tipperary County Council here in town are looking for IT staff, also seasonal driver operators. Full details are at tipperarycoco.ie slash human slash recruitment hyphen management. And finally, Fantasia Academy and Feathered are looking for a musical theatre dance teacher. You can email your cover letter and CV to info at fantasiaacademy.com. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clomel podcast, just email Podcast at gmail.com. Okay then, time for this week's interview. And I'm up with Joe O'Sullivan or... Joe Fruit for a chat. The Club Mail Podcast. So, Joe O'Sullivan, people would remember you as Joe, Joe Fruit. Joe Fruit. Well, a lot of people... <laughs> Welcome to I'd the podcast. Most people that know me would probably know me as Joe Fruit. How did you get the name Joe Fruit? Well, I used to sell fruit and veg. You did, in town. And um, for another company, and then I started my own. and I had my own truck, so I, I put Joe Fruit on the side of it. I, I vaguely remember that yeah, going around. Yellow, big old yellow truck, yeah. A big old yellow truck Double parked every place. <laughs> Holding up the traffic in to, town. I used to more rows with the girls than anyone else. I was about to say, and probably yeah. Paddy Power, the traffic warden at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Paddy wasn't too bad. <laughs> he knew how to do a job. He said, Joe, move on a bit, and I'd move on. Well, Mr. Joe Fruit, Joe O'Sullivan, welcome to the Clomart Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. 
Tell us how it all started, because you're not from Clonmel, are you? You're from Kerr. No, I'm from Bangara in Kerr. Mm. I was um, born in 1944. Yeah. Um, to eight brothers and seven brothers and two sisters seven brothers two sisters yeah and uh, my mum died when i was 16. i was working in the mill at that stage and um things were tough but then again things were tough with everyone at that time mm. we mm. all we were all the same you know mm. we we're all trying to make a bob and when i was young i used to go up the woods picking hearts to make money okay um where would you sell them we sell them to Tim Newby used to collect them and the wood gate and um, every evening. Fantastic. We got a shilling a pound for picking what we call now is the fancy name is blueberries. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. right. And a fancy name, you know. There's <laughs> some price now in town. Do you know what they really are, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you have them back in your fruit shop back in the day, blueberries? No, no, we never had blueberries. <laughs> oh, God, not at all, right? <laughs> we'll get back onto that in a second. So let's stay in care for the moment. So you're in care, you're, you're, yeah. you're getting by as a young fella, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. a few jobs and yeah, selling yeah. them. What about your schooling? How was that? Yeah, well, I left school and I was, um, I did the, 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 the primary school, primary exam, and I went to the tech then for a year. Right. And um, wasn't very good, and mm. I knew myself, myself I didn't want to be at school. Right. So I went into the mill, when you were in care at that time, the mill implied about 150, 200 people. This is the old mill beside the castle that yeah, people would know yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're driving into care. Yeah, flour or, mill. Yeah, 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 wow. What were you doing there? There's a place across the road from that as well, the silo they called it. Right. I was just, just a general worker there, mm, you know, mm. sweeping floors and dusting walls, which wasn't very nice, but that closed down after six or seven years. I moved on then to, um, to Shannon Airport, uh, Pilot? In, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I was, I was piloting a, a scooter, a Heinkel scooter to, to a job in uh, the industrial estate, Mohawk Tools. Right. They used to make bits for drills. Okay. I remember driving up in my Heinkel scooter of a frosty morning. I left early. Mm. I had an old FCA coat on, mm. which was the big heavy one and hobnail boots. And I had my boots sparking along the ground for most of the trip. But I remember falling off the scooter 11 times. Oh my God. And I was a half an hour late. <laughs> I remember the man manager there, Jim Rube called me and he says, you just can't have this. Mm. Just can't have this, you're a half an hour late. Mm. I said, Mr. Rube, I'll be in time every other Monday morning. He says, that's not good enough. I said, what more can I do? I'll be in time every other Monday morning. Of course, in America, he was an American, every other Monday morning meant every second Monday morning. <laughs> 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 That'll tell you how, how educated I was. But from there then, I, I, after six months, I left that job and my father told me to go to Canon Harty and he'd get me a job. My father was a blacksmith in care. He was a blacksmith? Blacksmith, yeah. Wow. yeah. What was his name, Joe? Jim, Jim O'Sullivan. Jim O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy. 
You never thought to follow the trade? No, no, no. He wouldn't have a second. <laughs> he wouldn't leave you in there. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, Denny, he, he followed the trade all right, Jim. Mm. However, he said, uh, I went down to the cannon and the cannon said, look, have a look at the nationalist and if something comes up, come over and tell me. Mm -hmm. There was no phones at that time around. Mm -hmm. So I went over, it was a job in the paper for um, a driver, come salesman and um, a fruit truck. Mm. This is in Clonmel now? In Clan, Clonmel and uh, Cashel and Cair yeah. and Finn. And so over I went and he rang the, the what was his name? Um, oh, however, the boss, and he said, um, are you recommending him? And he said, the cannon said, yes, I'm recommending So I, I got the job. Fantastic. And I remember going down there, he had a store in Carrick. Mm. It was the old cinema. And he pulled up outside the store and he says, back that truck in there. I never drove a truck in my life. No way, really? <laughs> but I did back it in. <laughs> and um, from then on, I, I spent about eight years doing that. And then I- What years were we talking about here, Joe, when you got the job with the truck? 21, so I was- um, Wow. Uh, 21, 64, uh, 21 and- 44 to 65, right. 1965. 1965. Yeah. Where did you deliver to then? Huey Hoolan was the first one. Where was that? That was just where the meat shop is now. Tobin's now. Yeah, yeah. where Tobin's is now. That was Huey Hoolan. Okay. Huey a, a lot. They were all lovely people. It was great to deal with those people because they were very loyal. Mm. Now I changed over from working from, for another company. Now they were loyal and this, but they would stay with the other company, but they said, we'd give me some little bit. Mm, mm, mm. So they did, and after a few years, I did get on well with them. And, and was there many shops in town, you think, towards today, fruit shops that you would have delivered to in town back then? Well, you wouldn't believe it. We, I used to deliver of Wednesday, sorry, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, mm. I would do over 70 shops no way. between Clanmel, Cashel and Gear. Would you do Paddy Cavanagh's shop there in... Oh, yeah. Yeah, down, down in Parnell Street? Yeah, yeah. Paddy, lovely fella. Oh, smashing fella. But most of the shopkeepers then were lovely. Yeah. They were lovely to deal with. Mm. There, there was a few there that would break your heart. You probably got the ones you went, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> break your heart. But most of them were great. And you know, a lot of the time, I used to run an account for a week. Mm. A lot of the time, I wouldn't even put them in the book. Yeah, yeah. Because I could go along to the shopkeeper at the end of the week and they'd say there's £12.18 and sixpence, that's what. Mm. I wouldn't even, they'd make it up, you know. So where else would you have been in town that you delivered to, can you remember? Oh, there was Mrs. Wren's and there was... Oh, Mrs. Wren, yes. <laughs> it's funny, Mrs. Wren came up on the podcast only yeah, the other was, day. Were you, was, were you afraid of Mrs. Wren? Was everyone was afraid of Mrs. Wren. Jesus, she God did. rest her soul. She did. She, God rest her soul. And God rest her soul. And she had two sons. She did. Priests. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she did. And I remember making a mistake when, when they changed over to the new coinage. Hmm. And I made a mistake and she followed me down to McDermott's. <laughs> she made a show of me that. <laughs> and Jesus, yeah, she was a... A character. A, a character, all right. That was great characters in town. Mick McDermott was there then. And you could go down and land. There was Conway's before you get on the left, before you get to the main guard. And mm. Richardson's to the right after the main guard. 
Then you had the, the famous um, Mrs. Roach. Where was that now? That was in the corner of the Clonmel Street and Mary Street. Mary Street, yeah. Yeah, she was a great woman, Mrs. Rich. Lady D, she was bad about Lady Lady Dunmore. No way. She used to sell all the, the eggs and the fruit from Lady Dunmore. Go away, really? She used to say, Lady D's eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was, but, and it was a very funny one where she'd have, um, she'd have, they'd write up in the window with the white writing, um, oh. eggs two and six and a half a dozen. <laughs> and there was a man across the road, Paddy, Paddy, uh, Oh, Paddy Maloney, mm. he'd have a shop as well. Mm. And he used to sell eggs, but he used to go put up two and threepence. <laughs> and if she brought him down to two euros, he'd put up one and ninepence. Brilliant. Well, if you went over for a half a dozen eggs to Paddy, Paddy Maloney, he'd say, oh, they're just gone. <laughs> he wouldn't have any eggs. <laughs> You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and there was Burke's Bacon there at that time. Of course, time. Burke's, yeah, big, yeah, a big there, store there, in town, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and then there was Woolworths across from it. You'd forget that, wouldn't you? Woolworths, you'd yeah, forget, you'd forget Woolworths that, was yeah. in town. Woolworths, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was in town. There was a lovely shop there, Ted and Mrs. Young. Right. So there was quite a lot of shops back oh, there was, in there was town back in those days. second shop. There was, I forgot about Mrs. Murphy, lovely woman. Mrs. Murphy and... Did you go over the old bridge at all, around that oh, area? Oh yeah, there's uh, Mrs Ryan, Mrs Ryan over the old bridge. Mm, mm. Yeah, she was nice. Um, they were all very nice. I went down along then to um, Sparrow and Simpsons. Right. That was a real old world shop with the big wide mahogany counters and Jimmy Simpson, they were Presbyterian. And I'll never forget when I got married. Uh, I was lucky enough to get married to a very nice lady. <laughs> uh, Margaret, so when I did get married, I must say it was, a, it was the best um, uh, wedding present I got. They gave me a salad mahogany coffee table. No way. With the claw legs on it. Go away. And I put that into a room in Cherry Mount. The first, the first house I bought in Cherry Mount was 2,200. What number? 82. Oh, I lived in number 40 for a while. Oh, they were cheaper houses. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice and, joke. Um, 2,200. So I had a front room yeah. with no, absolutely no furniture, no carpet. So I had a, Just a table. this lovely table <laughs> beautiful in the table. middle, beautiful table in the middle of an empty room. <laughs> However, the, yeah, then there was a Mrs. Glendon up across St. Peter and Paul's. Glendon's, my God, yeah. yes. I remember she was fairly stiff. She's a nice lady, but very, very straight. And mm. I remember bringing in a, a box of grapes to her one time, and she was serving some, and, and I opened the box of grapes, and there was a big mouldy grape mm. at the top. Oh. So I just took it out quickly, yeah. and I flung it out the door to my right. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lady just coming in the door. Oh, my God. And I hit her right in the shoulder with the oh grape. Oh, no, Joe. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Glendon went berserk. <laughs> so how long were you doing that job for? Um, about another eight years. Eight years, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened after that? I went burst. I, um, hmm. I had a big... Uh, the worst uh, thing about my... I was never a great businessman. So you were actually doing this for yourself at this oh, stage, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I wasn't a great businessman. I could sell great, but... Hmm. I was very, very bad at collecting money. 
Right, so yeah, it's books and all that sort of thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, well, I had a good go doing the books, but I wasn't good to collect the money, so yeah. I went burst. And then I went off to Barcelona. You went to Barcelona? Yeah. Not a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would, a lot of people thought it was going to be a holiday. It was no holiday. Tell us about this. This was Kent's, was it? It was Kent's, yeah. Mm. yeah. They were building a 44-storey hotel for the Olympics. What year was this now, Joe? Uh, that was 1988. Eighty-eight, I think I was at eighty-nine. I think the Olympics were ninety-two. Mm. I got to see a part of the Olympics, just one, just one day at the Olympics. But um, what was that like? Did you enjoy it? It was, it was tough. Um, it was all warm. The, the store was down in the basement, mm. which held a little bit of water as well. Mm. So you had a lot of mosquitoes. Oh, right. Oh, You've beaten a knife with mosquitoes. Oh, my God. And it was very warm. My, my wife came over then and worked for quite a while in the canteen for a few months. This is a big hotel, wasn't it? It was a big hotel, yeah. Mm. yeah it was 44 stories. And built solely for the Olympic Games? Yeah, solely yeah. for that. It's still there at the moment. There's a, a huge gold fish on the beach. It's about 40 foot long. So this is a hotel, is it on the beach, the hotel? Oh, on the beach. Oh, on the wow, beach, yeah. beautiful. Did you ever go back and visit it since? Well, I, 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 was, I went back to visit Barcelona in a few years afterwards, and we drove down in a taxi, and we pulled up outside, and there was a fire there that you drove into, and the door was open for us, and opened the, the car door, the taxi mm. door, of course, we only did a Ouija and out because it was 560 quid to, oh, for one night there. You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't even ask the price of a pint there. So. Well, didn't you say, hang on, I built this hotel. Surely it must get free gratis. Surely to God. I've come back to see how it's all going on. <laughs> but it was, it was tough enough, I mean. Did you get to come home much when you were out there? I was home about twice in the two yeah, years. You know? two years. Kent's were, they were good to send you home. Mm. They'd pay your trip home maybe twice a year, you know. Mm. Of course, I had great friends out there. Mm. Sean White and Tom Welsh and Paul Cremins and... They brought me on very well. They looked after me, you know. And Joe, I said the crack was mighty out the there, The crack was, it? was mighty. <laughs> I, I, I used to, and I, I got to stay with, with um, most of the supervisors. It was Lee Maber. I stayed there for quite a few months. But on Saturday, I was given the job of making the, the sangria. Oh, go away, really? We'd have, yeah, we'd have, um, <laughs> we'd have a barbecue of a Saturday evening. Right. There might be, they, they had, um, 36 apartments, all in the one block. And they, they had leased out those. And we were all staying there. Well, I, I was staying there, they weren't all staying there. These were only for the, the supervisors and the... As I said, Joe, the crack was mighty. The crack was mighty. <laughs> but I remember making, making the... Sangria, yeah. was a big job because I'd go down to the bodega. Well, he said, told me how to make real sangria. Oh. And um, I'd have about, do you know the plastic buckets, paint buckets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have about six of those. (laughs) 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 And it all depends on what you put into it then. Of course. And how how funny it is get that night. Yeah. So um, 
It was, it was very good, yeah. Can good. you still make sangria today, Joe? Yes, yes. And do you, still do, do you still do that at the summertime? No, I don't. I'd have maybe enough at night. Because I was about to say, everyone, the place to come to is Joe in the summer for the sangria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite easy. I mean, you just get a bottle of wine and a bottle of uh, lemonade and mm. big, large bottle of lemonade and the all fruit. the fruit you like. Mm. Get Quarter bottle of control. It's a lovely drink, actually. Maybe. Isn't it? It's a nice drink. Quarter bottle of vodka. Oh, there you go. Now you see. That's <laughs> when you, you can't go. walk home. <laughs> you can't walk. You can't walk after yeah, that. Yeah, it's Joe. very good. So I came back then and um, I worked part time in the Clonmel Arms and the bear, as bearman. You were barman in Clonmel Arms, weren't you? Clonmel Arms. When yeah. was this? Well, it was only for about six months, mm. and then that was '92 or so. Mm. Then I got the paper. I like the way you're, Sorry, you're nonchalantly saying, then I got the paper. We're all going, what paper? What paper is this? And then you're going to reveal it was... The South Tip Today. Yeah. South Tip Today. <laughs> wow. What a great paper that was. The free paper. Well, it was good, yeah. And it, we, well, I fell into it, really, because it was started by Noel and Catty O'Gorman, mm. who had Fieldmaster. Right. And he ran it for about six months or so. And Brennan and Terry and myself, Terry... Dermody and myself, we decided, we, well, we could do this. And we did. And we acquired a little office over the ESB. It wasn't an office, it was a room. This is um, O'Connor Street? Yeah. O'Connor Street, upstairs, yeah. Upstairs, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And how many papers were you printing a week? At the start, we printed 5,000. 5,000, from upstairs in the ESB? Above yeah, the we weren't printing them. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> we got them printed a lad in New Ross. Oh, right, okay. Our aim was to build it up to, to we were doing it door to door. Yeah. So uh, we employed people to to deliver maybe a thousand papers, you know, and, mm. or maybe 500. And Who is working for the paper then, doing the articles? Anne was there herself there for, for mm. the first six or eight months. Tony Butler was out and about. Tony, yeah, I remember Tony. Yeah. I remember Tony's column. Yeah. Was it called Out and About? Out and About. It was yeah, called yeah, Out and yeah, About, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Ah, that was good. Everyone, they bought the paper for that, I think. Mm, you know? mm. And uh, yeah, we'd, we had. So you were rivaling the Nationalists at this stage, shared, weren't you? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think for home but, news, definitely. For home news, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. as in town news. Yeah, all the chit chat around yeah, the town and things yeah. like that. People love that. The debts and the. Mm. So we went, we went well for, um, for many years. And then we, had, we got in with um, Kerry's eye, who brought colour to the paper. Oh, right, OK. They asked us to join up with them to print it. And they brought us on quite a lot now. We had maybe five or six, six or eight pages of colour, you know, that we didn't have before. Yeah. Colour photographs. And, yeah. You know, so that brought it on a lot. You know. In the finish, we were doing 18 to 20,000 newspapers. That's amazing. Between Clonmel, Cashel and Clare. That's very good, isn't it? And Finn and Clahine. Terry pulled out of it then, halfway through, and Suzanne and myself... And lo and behold, we were going quite nicely. We were probably a thorn in the side of the nationalists, you know, mm, mm. because no matter what the price their ads were, we were cheaper. Mm. And the paper was free as <laughs> and well. And the paper was free, yeah. So we had a crowd, Johnson Press came down to have a chat with us. They said they wanted to buy the newspaper, of course, and we sold it then. Yeah. Sold it, and it was gone then. I ran it then for 
two or three years. All oh, right. So after it was sold, you still got to run the paper. Sold it for two about two years, I think. Yeah. And we were transferred to Nationalist. You know? That's right. I think up to the yeah, building yeah. being knocked down yeah, there, yeah, the, the right. sign was still above the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can yeah, see the yeah. South Tip paper. Yeah, South yeah, Tip. Yeah. What do you think of the free paper today, Jamie O'Flaherty? I think it's, the very, it's It's a great publication. It's, mm. it's lovely. It's lean. It's um, you know, it's uh, it's very good. It's great seeing the paper back again, it, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. And you know? There's colour there and it's very well produced, I'd say, you know. They do a great job. They do a really, great job. really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And long may it I hope stay. they go well with yeah, it, too. Yeah. I hope so, too. I wish them the best to look with it, yeah. So, um, I believe you also ran the halfway house for a while. Oh, it did. I, was, <laughs> I ran it for four years. That was very good. When was this? Oh, God, that was uh, back in the 70s sometimes. Have you, have you had experience in the pub trade? No, I had no experience at all. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I did have experience because in my rugby days, um, we'd finish a match and... Drank uh, a lot. <laughs> I drank quite a bit. Uh, we were known after the match as a, a social club. Right. We could drink 15 or 16 pints against... Oh, my God. ...after a match. Oh, no my so God. I had plenty of... Experience. Experience. On the, the other club. side of the yeah, bar, yeah. though, Joe. <laughs> and there, there were a lovely crowd out in, uh, mm. out in Ratteron, and there were, God, there were, there were lovely people out there. Mm, 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 and it was mm. very easy to be happy there. Did you find that strange, being on the other side of the bar? <laughs> no, 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 no. As in working? I didn't, know because I, I, I had no problem ever talking to people and having a chat with people. Great times, it was four grand years, you know. Yeah. Lovely years. Tough, was it? Uh, it? It was tough in the way that uh, I was living in Cherry Mount and it was quite Maybe a nice table. Oh, 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 oh that lovely nice table. table, yeah, that lovely coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wasn't finishing till maybe half twelve, one o'clock. Yeah. The weekends, maybe one or two o'clock, you know. And I think with that trade, it's when everyone else is socialising, you're, you're yeah, working, isn't well, it? Well, it was out in the country area and mm. the farmers would be coming in at about maybe 10 o'clock or so. They were great because they could have four or five pints and everyone had a different tale to tell. And, yeah. You know. Good like, stories yeah. being told. Great stories being told, yeah. I also believe you, you, this is amazing, I also believe you worked in Mulcahy's. <laughs> yeah, I worked in Mulcahy's. I ran Mulcahy's for the first year. I, I gave up the halfway and then I went in to run Mulcahy's and ran it. It was, it was, it was the place to go, you know. It was. I remember, yeah. Are we first, talking what, the 90s here or earlier? Yeah, to, to, to before the 90s. So mid-80s. The 85s, the mid-80s. And, and again, the town was buzzing at that the, stage, The town it? was buzzing, buzzing, yeah. buzzing. With the doors closed for the first week or so, you know. No way. It was full, like, you know. Couldn't let and, any more uh, in. And it was very well done up, and it's, you know, it's a great pub. And, and this is pre-brewery bar, which was added on to the, oh, yeah, the yeah, pub yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 90s, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? That, that was a brewery. Mulcahy's, you know, they used to brew mm. their... Their own. Their, their own Guinness. Yeah. Well, they didn't brew it, but they used to battle it. Because Mulcahy's battles were famous, you know. Then, when we went in their first... Uh, there was a lot of mahogany in there. You could have brought your table down. You could have brought my table down. <laughs> <laughs> my table is below me. Is it? I must have a look at your famous table. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that, that was before I went to Barcelona, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, that was good. I tell you what, you've, you've had a very um, interesting life and, and many more years ahead, but, yeah, but we, I, we, we have to mention... Joe Fruit, the shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the back shop, of the mall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the back of the mall, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a grand little shop. 
And I remember that time, I used to buy a lot of local stuff. Mm. Fellow by the name of Manfred. Manfred. Manfred, no, not. So no, he, was, he, he grew all his own stuff? He grew all his own stuff. He was very particular. Mm. Oh, my goodness. He used to bring in his cabbage and his cauliflower. Now he had the, really the best of stuff. Fantastic mm. potatoes. But he'd have to have the cauliflower all in mm. order. So was your Connell Mal open at this stage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you'd have had... Back at the O'Connell Mal. So you'd yeah. have known the people in the Mal? Oh, yeah, it was Dick Stelly and... Dick uh, Stelly, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a cafe there. Um, Did Kelvin have the cafe? Kelvin. Kelvin Lowe? Kelvin Lowe I met Kelvin cafe, there yeah. around Christmas time. Kelvin, yeah. And I'm trying to get him to come on the podcast, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, seriously. Well, well, you should. He'd be an interesting guy. Yeah. How, how long were you running the shop there for? The shop was running for, I'd say, quite a few years. Mm. Yeah, quite a few years. And good it? trade back then? A good trade, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to deliver the, the fruit and uh, the potatoes and that to, to the houses then, you know. They'd come in and oh. give in their order. And that was very nice. Yeah. Uh, there probably wasn't much home delivery then, was there? There wasn't a whole lot. There was yeah. some, some people were beginning to do it. Mm. And yeah, we said, I, I trained in two young fellas. Well, I taught him how to drive a car. I didn't tell him. I, um, I filled up the boot of the car. I used to have this, this car with the big boot in it. I put maybe 10 bags of spuds into the back of it. And I told you, man, sit in there and deliver those. And poor Keith, Keith Fahey, he, says, he was only had to sit and take care once or twice, but he drove off and delivered them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were the days, Joe. Yeah, those were those the days, were, yeah, They were yeah, like yeah. the days when the free licenses were handed out. Do you remember oh, that? The, the free, free driving <laughs> licenses. Oh, God. You, you didn't have a driver. You hardly had it. Nobody looked for a driver's license at that stage. But, um, yeah. Oh, oh my great. God. I was very lucky in life. Yeah. As I say, I was lucky to meet a nice woman. Lovely lady. I had two lovely girls. Mm. I had great friends. To this day, we have great friends, you know. Well, we have to thank one of your friends for, of course, putting me onto you. That's Mr. Oh, Phil Philly, Guida. That's the, the, the... You know? The Sicilian. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Sicilian. I always say, he'd want a coffee table, be honest. He'd like your coffee table. He would, because he can't reach the high table. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I, I've... I'm going to end it now because we could do a part two. I didn't mention the Rotary Club with you. I didn't mention the Rugby Club with you were involved in. The Soccer Club. I believe you played for Care back in the day. I did. Soccer, yeah. And you played in Clonmel? I played with Clonmel uh, maybe three or four times with uh, Clonmel. I played rugby with Clonmel. And I was the Rotary with Clonmel, yeah. Wow. I was the Golf Club in Care. Golf Club? You, I, yeah. And I wasn't good at any of them. <laughs> were you a goalkeeper, were you? I was a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah. Pretty poor one. Ah, go away. <laughs> Before we go, yeah. do you have a favourite place in Clonmel or a favourite part of Clonmel? Yeah, where I am now. <laughs> yeah. No, really, is it where you are now? Yeah, yeah. I just love this. Uh, the Western know, Road? Oh, yeah, you don't believe it. Yeah, there's a lovely neighbourhood. Mm. Uh, I lived in you know, Cherry Mount, especially. Mm. That was lovely. That mm. was really, I spent 18 years in... I love Cherry Mount, too, actually. In Cherry Mount. Yeah. Now, we used to go for a walk... Mm. most evenings in the summer Margaret and I mm. and we'd pass here mm. and I used to say I'd love that place in there because I could back my lorry in there mm-hmm. my truck was double, was parked in Cherry Mount and I was afraid of my life with the oh, narrow roads I remember that truck someone now. would get knocked down <laughs> and Jesus of course yeah so um, it came on stream Margaret saw it in the Ashton once mm. at one Thursday 
And I was down in Gladstone Street in the fruit truck. And she said, you, you know who's up for sale? And I said, so she told me, said, forget about it. We can't, we mm. can't. So she went down to Jim Nugent, who was the, the auctioneer, and Jim said, you'd like this place. And we came up, that, I left the truck double parked in mm. Gladstone Street. Jim drove us up here, and I bought it there and then. Went down to the bank. Yeah. The following day, and I told Dave Croucher, I was after buying a house, and he says, Joe, you can't buy a box of matches. Mm. He says, how in the name of God? So I said, Dave, I bought Knock McGow up here. Oh, Jesus. He says, how do you? I said, I'm, a, I'm after writing a cheque for 10% of it. But he says, hey, you have no money in the bank. How do you write a cheque <laughs> for 3,000? Yeah, yeah. Well, he says, they promised me they wouldn't cash it till next Thursday night. And I'll have this place sold next Thursday night. It is not possible. I put on the Nationalist. I was in Dick's Deli Thursday evening. Andy Dillon put his arm around my shoulder. He says, Joe, you're selling the house. I said, yeah, he says, it'd be lovely for the young fella. And this is Cherry Mountain. And he bought it that evening. That's fantastic. And then you got this lovely place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. looking at the beautiful view of the mountains yeah, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Waking up tonight every morning and looking yeah. out at that, it's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely, yeah. Well, it's a gorgeous house. And can I say, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Joe yeah. Fruit, Joe Simon, sure, well, thank you yeah. very much indeed. Thank you for having me. Now, show me that table. <laughs> <laughs> the Clumbell Podcast. Thank you, Joe Fruit. Thoroughly enjoyed that. So there we have it. That is the Clonmel podcast for this Friday, the 24th of February. If you'd like to get in contact, I'd love to hear from you. And once again, thank you so much for listening. You can email the Clonmel podcast at gmo.com. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, on the website where you will find every single episode of the Clonmel podcast, just in case you might want to catch up on a few www.theclonmailpodcast.com Have a safe week, look after one another and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by Tipperary ETB. The Clonmel Campus Open Day is on next Friday the 3rd of March from 10am to 2pm at the Main Guard. Lots of fun activities on the day and people available to talk about course options. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.